You're listening to Atomic Moms, a modern parenting podcast about the joys and complexities of caring for our children and ourselves. I'm Ellie Noss, and since 2014, we've been celebrating and commiserating with world-class experts, best-selling authors, and parents around the world. Hi, everyone. So we're recording this conversation Thursday, April 30th. We've been home with no visitors since March 13th. And, um, yeah, how's it going for everyone? It feels like such an emotional roller coaster over here. I was running on adrenaline the first several weeks, and now I've hit this weird brain foggy exhaustion. My six-year-old, you know, she's supposed to be learning these sight words for reading, and so my husband has these index cards around the house with the sight words so she can see them. And uh, I've, I've been putting up my own sight words. <laughs> so on my bathroom mirror right now, I have the sight word for me is soften. I'm trying to soften, trying to be a little more tender. Because in these times, I tend to try to muscle through, which just makes me uh, angry and it makes my jaw hurt. So I'm going to practice softening. I'm also trying to be more mindful of my daily roller coaster of emotions. Like, I know, like, not to try to do anything of value or of any difficulty after 4 p.m. So I leave emptying the dishwasher and folding laundry till then because I definitely shouldn't use my morning coffee boost for that. I've also been tracking my thoughts. I've been asking myself, is this thought helpful? That tip comes from my cousin, Emily, who's a therapist who's been on the podcast. She's currently working as a therapist from home while raising her three little boys, along with her husband, who's my cousin, who's a doctor working in the emergency room in Queens. So yeah, I've been checking myself when it comes to the thoughts that arise, and I've been taking inventory. Is this thought helpful? I've also been taking inventory of what we have in our home. And obviously, I've been thinking a lot about cleaning supplies like everyone else. And so today, we're going to be talking about cleaning supplies and sustainability and better supporting our planet. Because I think a lot of us have realized over the past few months that, yes, indeed, we are all connected. And in a way, that is more tangible than just in the hippy-dippy way that I've always thought we were connected. We are all connected. And there is a ripple effect to how we behave and the ways that we choose to live and how we purchase. And, you know, what waste are we putting out there? So we're talking about single-use plastic. We're talking about non-toxic products. We are talking about being mothers of young children in the pandemic. I'm so honored to have this guest today. Sarah Paiji Yu is CEO and co-founder of Blue Land, which is reimagining cleaning products to eliminate single-use plastic packaging. She's a serial retail entrepreneur passionate about sustainability and innovation. Prior to Blue Land, she was a partner at Launch, a leading startup studio, and launched and operated several consumer brands, including M. Jimmy, Rockets of Awesome, and Folian. She was previously co-founder and CEO of Snapette, the largest mobile platform for local fashion shopping, which was sold to leading e-commerce platform Price Grabber in 2013. 
She was most recently featured on this season's Shark Tank. I cannot wait to talk to her about that. And has contributed to The Wall Street Journal, TechCrunch, Forbes, Time, InStyle, and Glamour. She attended Harvard College and Harvard Business School and is currently living in New York City with her three-year-old son, Noah, and her husband, Ken. I'll be right back with Sarah Paiji Yu. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on Atomic Moms. Now, you just mentioned when I called you uh, that you, I asked if you had enough time because obviously we're in crazy situations with like how we're trying to balance work and home life. And you assured me that your son, your three-year-old had just gone down for his nap. So my most pressing question is, how in the heck are you getting <laughs> your toddler down for his nap? I'm so jealous. I know. I feel very lucky that he is three and he still goes down for his nap. Um, and he takes a nice, solid two-hour nap these days, um, which has certainly been a godsend, especially you know trying to balance this work from home. My husband and I are both working from home at the moment. Um, and, and quite almost dizzier than ever with work. And so it definitely gives us that nap time is like a nice respite. And um, certainly the only times I can, I can um, schedule things like, like a podcast interview. How do you set the mood for him? Because it is not working with my two and a half year old. She would nap at school. She would always nap for a caregiver. She's never napped for me. And now I've, I have to master this because I need at least one hour with only one child because my six-year-old needs some assistance with her distance learning. Do you have any tricks? Totally, totally. I think for us, um, similarly, we, we, we definitely struggled because, you know, prior to this, you know, we, we did have a nanny. And, you know, I think just kids, like, I just feel like with, with their moms especially, at least that I find, like, he, he definitely less apt to listen to, to me or, or, or do what I want him to do versus really anybody else. Um, but it's been, it's been, you know, it's, it's been, whether you call it incentivizing or, or thriving, <laughs> um, there's, there's definitely been a lot of that. Um, I mean, he loves books, right. He loves, he loves books before bedtime. Um, and so, you know, we've re reinstituted that. So it's, it's definitely a longer process. Um, there's definitely an investment of like probably half an hour where we have to spend like getting him in the mood and, and reading him some books, but he's always happy to do that. And, you know, sometimes I think, you know, most days he'll go down for, for two hours, but still probably one out of five, one out of every week or two, he, he won't. And then it's just really like giving him something to look forward to if he, he'll just rest, like whether it's making jello when he wakes up or something along, along those lines. I love it. How do you reset yourself when the nap doesn't happen? Because I find that, you know, especially again, like, really trying to amp up my resiliency tools right now. But yeah. when I have set the stage for 45 minutes for totally. my two and a half year old to take a nap and then she doesn't, or my six year old decides to yell up the stairs for her or whatever, how do you handle these minor disappointments that suddenly seem so much bigger right now, especially when you're trying to juggle work during that time? Yeah, I mean, it, it's so hard. It's, it's definitely been a, a test of our, our patience. And I think it's just always, you know, I'm like, my husband and I are always kind of like tag teaming, saying it to each other, like, it's not his fault. 
he's three, like, you know, he's not, you know, and I think, I think that's the best that we can do. And I think we've kind of gone into it, like with our expectations being like, if he naps, we're very thankful. Right. And if he, if he, if he doesn't, you know, that's, that's, that should kind of be par for the course or the, the baseline expectation. Um, but it is, it, it's been so tough. Cause you know, I think um, even outside of this time, I think it's absolutely look forward to, to the nap period. But now um, on all of this, I think we're all, we're all looking for that break. I mean, the other thing that we've, we've, I, for, I forgot to mention that we've done is we actually put them down a lot later, which now, which is hard because it definitely makes our days even longer. Um, but at least we found that he, he goes down later and he wakes up at the same time. And so he is, more tired um for his for his nap yeah (laughs) we've tried all sorts of things in the past seven weeks (laughs) in the name of survival exactly it's like we're all it's just one big test kitchen um yeah exactly we scheduled this as an in-person interview you know before the pandemic uh, you're in New York City and I'm in LA and I was so looking forward to mm-hmm. meeting you face to face and someday it'll happen. Uh, I agree, agree. <laughs> and it'll be glorious. It'll be glorious. <laughs> but we were the main point was to discuss your company Blue Land. Can you share with our listeners what it is? Yeah. So Blue Land um is, you know, a, a company that we launched exactly, almost exactly a year ago. And, you know, we're on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic packaging. And we're starting with cleaning products. And so um, the first set of products that we have out on the market are a set of cleaning sprays and liquid hand soap. And what we've done is we've taken these conventional products. You know, if you think about like a Windex or liquid hand soap, these products are mostly all water. Um, and we've condensed those to these tablets the size of like a quarter. Um, and so when you need more product, instead of going out and buying a brand new plastic bottle and you're paying for all this water, you can instead refill one of our bottles with water you have at home, drop in a tablet, um, and then you know, it starts effervescing and dissolving on its own. At the end of a few minutes, you have a full um, bottle of cleaning solution or a full bottle of, of liquid hand soap. So last week we celebrated Earth Day and on a distance learning Zoom call for my six-year-old with her science teacher, each kid had to go around and say what their pledge was for helping the environment. And Sabrina said, use less plastic. And I was so proud of her. And I so badly wanted to chime in. I wanted to be the mom. I'm always like in the background, like wanting to jump into the class. It's so stupid. I'm just that bored and lonely. No, but I do. I wanted to be like, I have the Blue Land founder on next week. (laughs) So you all sent me a box to try out. Again, this was before I knew how much I would be thinking about cleaning supplies. I mean, cleaning, yeah. We are all and washing your hands. in washing yeah. our hands. And so I use your the foam hand soap, you know, all day long. Yeah. So thank you so much for that. Can you tell us about the bottles because why do you call them forever bottles? Yeah, so you know that that piece was, you know, really important to the, the core idea of Blue Band where, you know, there was so much focus on, you know, water bottles and straws and plastic bags. And for me, as I looked around our home, there were so many other areas of our lives that we were also just you know, using these effectively, like single-use plastic bottles or, or packaging. And, 
you know, the journey actually all started when I became a new mom and I became a lot more um, earth conscious. And, you know, at that point I was, I really committed to trying to cut back my own single use plastic consumption. And then I just realized that it was, it was near impossible, right? You, you go to, you know, the grocery store, pharmacy, like it's just aisles and aisles of plastic, everything, you know, outside of even cleaning products, whether it's lotion or toothpaste, vitamins, like everything came in a single use plastic bottle. And yeah, that's kind of how the initial idea for Blue Line came about where, you know, plastic is a material that was effectively designed to last forever. Um, but, you know, why were we just using it once and tossing it away? And so um, we really wanted to, you know, create something that, you know, could be used over and over again for decades. Um, and thus we use the word forever because, you know, that, that, that certainly is our hope. And we think that, you know, it's, you know, reuse is, is definitely a behavior that we want to bring awareness to and, and, and really drive versus, you know, the idea of simply just, you know, recycling, which is, you know, still a very energy intensive and, and useful process. And can you share a little bit about the thought process that went behind the packaging, like even with the tablets and with, you know, because some, a lot of us are ordering so much more online these days and you see, or I'm becoming more aware as my recycling bin gets filled up of just how much waste there is in the way that we package our materials. Can you share a little bit more about the importance of that? Yeah, yeah, it it is interesting now that, you know, we're we're all, you know, at home cooking more than ever, you know, ordering more things online than ever. I think people are definitely feeling, um, you know, much more strongly how much how much waste we, we do generate. And, you know, as part of that, you know, we really want to create packaging that was all either um, reusable or compostable or biodegradable. And so for our tablets, you know, it was moving to the tablet form factor, a dry form factor was was really important to us from the very beginning because you know as we were thinking about this problem of like why we were buying things in a new plastic bottle every time you know one thing we realized was that um it's because all these products were liquid and that if the products were dry like a powder or a tablet um, we could then package them in paper instead of plastic and so um and you know that was much easier said than done and you know the journey to launching Blue Land was, you know, t- took took several years, and that was one of the hardest pieces to crack. Like we 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 desperately wanted to package our tablets in a compostable paper, and it was a nice idea in theory, but then you know we we learned why it just wasn't being done. Even if you think about like snack foods, like there really isn't. I can't still name of a, a single product out there that's coming packaged in in paper versus like plastic or something as something lined in plastic um, but we're, we're proud to say we were able to crack that nut and we ended up having to go to Europe and you know buy our own packaging machine and it definitely was um, a whirlwind journey but you know ultimately it's nice that you know our tablets are small you know the packaging is not just paper but it's it's very compact and so ultimately instead of you know tossing out like 30 uh, an average household probably goes about through like 30 bottles cleaning bottles a year, you know, you have you have a, a very short stack of, of of these paper wrappers. Sarah, can you talk to us about carbon emissions and why it matters that there isn't water in these bottles when they're being sent to us? Yeah, yeah. It's the other great thing about the tablet form factor, and you know, not 
having water as part of our product and having the consumer add water at home is that, you know, we don't have to ship around all of this water. And so if you compare one of our tablets to a conventional spray cleaner, whether it's a conventional multi-surface cleaner or a window cleaner, our tablets are actually 200 times smaller and 300 times lighter, Um, which means that, you know, whether it's our products on a truck, right, to a, a, a retail store or to our warehouse, you know, we can fit like literally 200 times more sort of equivalent bottles of a product than a conventional product. And so, you know, you know, that alone has huge implications from a carbon emissions perspective. And I think that's even further amplified, you know, now that we're living in a world that's just increasingly um, driven by e-commerce as well, where, you know, a lot of these products are now being shipped directly to the end consumer. It really adds up that, you know, we're able, people are able to ship, we're able to ship a lot more of these products for, for previously, something that would take up a lot more space and, and weight. You know, I, I think there's a great sort of consumer benefit to that, that space-saving nature as well. Um, I think, again, you can eliminate some of the, the clutter on, under the sink um, because these tablets are so space-saving. I mean, just the idea that, you know, you can fit like 12 bottles of hand soap, right, you know, the size of like an iPhone, right, in your drawer, is great and it's just you know really convenient for moms as well you know i think bulk buying is 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 really nice for um a lot of us because it can just check it off your mental checklist and you just you're, you're set for a while um and you know that's that's harder to do or more less think less convenient to do when it's you know who wants to store like 12 bottles of hand soap somewhere um a multi-surface cleaner but when you have these tiny tablets and you don't have to worry about the leaks like you don't have to worry about it leaking exactly. all over in the pantry totally, like totally, oh totally and they rem- it reminds me of like a very small version of a little hotel soap that would be in the in the paper wrapper i think loxetane yes, has them yeah. and i always would stash yeah. them and like the idea that 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 is what my drawer could be filled with with cleaning supplies um Instead of it feeling like this scary thing of having all of these chemicals under the cabinet is also really very reassuring. When I open the little tablet packaging and I put the tablet in and it's fizzy and I suddenly feel like I'm in elementary school again because I don't know why I get such a kick out of seeing something fizz in water, but (laughs) there's something really fun about it. How can you assure parents that the cleaning supplies actually work because now we're in this really terrifying time and and while it's fun to put a tablet in water there's something that almost feels like it's too good to be true like does it really work 100% 100% and so i mean that that's been that's been the other thing i think you know non toxic for sure you know was was a a non negotiable for me to start especially as a mom um, and so we're really excited to, you know, land on a completely non-toxic formulation that's, you know, even say not that we encourage it, but even if a tablet were ingested, right? Like the safety data sheets that we have show that all you have to do is drink a lot of water, which, you know, meant a lot to me as, as a mom. But then, you know, the second very important question is efficacy, right? Because obviously we're not all just cleaning for fun. We're trying to actually clean. And I think, you know, that focus on, effectiveness is is more relevant than ever in, in, in sort of the current crisis. And um, it's been a great educational moment for us in terms of like, we love when we get that question from customers or potential customers, um, because I think a lot of people 
are surprised to hear that you really do not need disinfecting or you know, antibacterial agents like bleach in your product to get an effective clean. I mean, there's been numerous statements by the CDC and the FDA that, that do back that up, that you know, as long as you are clean, like spraying and wiping, right, or you know, getting your hands to foam and then you have access to water to like wash it away, that it is just as effective at washing away bacteria and viruses. So that's, that's it, it, it's, it's, we've enjoyed having those conversations because it's been, it's been a good time to also just, you know, convert a lot of other people that are not yet on sort of the non-toxic bandwagon. I think sub- certainly there's a subset of consumers, especially moms that were already there, mm. but it, it, it's been a great educational opportunity um, for other folks and just, you know, helping them, you know, walk them through the science of it as well. Like even with, you know, the coronavirus, um, it's a protein that's protected by a very thin layer of fat and foam is very effective at disrupting that fat. And so then as long as you have water to wash that away or, you know, your wipes with a towel or um, a napkin like that, that will be sufficient at killing it. Versus, you know, like you have products. I think the only thing that a disinfecting spray does is that it will kill on contact without any addition of water or, or wiping, which is why, you know, hand sanitizers are recommended, you know, in situations where you don't have access to water, for example. Well, thank you so much for clarifying that for us. You know, ugh, we are just facing so many unknowns right now in so many areas of our lives, like what will childcare and education look like over the next year? You know, the headline in the New York Times today is that U.S. unemployment claims surged to over 30 million in six weeks. So I'm finding that this period feels a lot like postpartum. (laughs) Like like I'll have a cup of coffee first thing in the morning and I'll feel like like, today is the day I can do this. And then by <laughs> noon, like the littlest setback, like just try, you know, some online learning app isn't logging on my kid or I'm having to totally. coax her back to her desk. Like these little things start to get me down. And I'm wondering if you could share with all of us what resiliency tools you've learned as a company founder that you are leaning on as a human being just living in the world right now. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 so interesting because I think there are so many lessons I've taken both ways from being a mount from being a mom, translating it that to being a founder and then you know certainly having been a founder even longer than being a mom, um, and translating that to be a mom. And I think both experiences um have have trained me on ways to just train me on ways to really like step back and you know truly try to take things in stride as much as I can and just remind myself that I can only control how I how I react to things you know outside of that you know a lot of times like the worry or that emotion isn't isn't helpful and can actually you know make the situation um and so it's just that reminder I think I've become pretty good at you know trying to laugh at myself in situations and trying to you know, again, take take that step back and, and take that deep breath and try to shift to like, okay, like given that this is the current situation, like what can I do that can be constructive to to improving it? Um and I think it's I, I think it's helped. Definitely, you know, becoming a mom has has made me 
a better founder and better able to cope and, and manage through the stress uh, stresses of the ups and downs of business. Um, and then similar, I think, you know, having been a founder um, for the past 10 years, it's, it's also helped develop sort of this resiliency in me that when, you know, when there are crazy outbursts of situations with my son, I just know that I, I just try to remind myself that's, you know, it's par for the course. He's, he's three and it's only control what I can control. Yeah. And when you get an email, like let's say you were to get a disappointing email. I mean, you must face setbacks all the time. And even earlier when we were talking about the tablets coming in the packaging and how you had to go buy a special machine to make it because there were setbacks there. Let's say I, I just I'm so curious how you just keep driving forward when you get a disappointing email or a call from an investor, say, how do you respond in the moment with clarity? And then how do you reset later? Like I was really frustrated about something yesterday. And then I just found that like, okay, I just have to not respond for the next three hours. And then three hours later, I was like, fine again. It's just this crazy roller coaster of like even just waiting is helping. Totally, totally, totally. I think it's been that pattern recognition of it as well. Cause I, I mean, no doubt, even in this blue end journey, like so many, like, so like dozens and dozens of times there had been things where we got the news and like, literally I was like, this is the end of the world. Like, this is like the business is done. Like, Oh, I have to give the money back to the investors. Like it's, it, you know, like truly, um, you know, things that I've, I've cried over and then, and then you just, you know, now looking back, it's like, you just get through it, right. You, you get through it you figure out a way or sometimes you get a time and it's, it's not as bad, you know, like, you know, there's, a, there's definitely a subset of bad news where in the moment it feels like it's so huge and terrible and the worst thing. And then you adjust, right. Um, you know, you kind of adjust the new normal and it's, 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 it's okay. Right. Um, and so I think having been through sort of those waves of emotions enough, um, I now know to tell myself like, it's, it's okay. Like pause, like digest definitely digest and and ultimately too like you know the 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 stress and the stressing and getting in emotionally and oftentimes it is not going to be productive so just trying to switch into the gear of like to the mode of like okay like how do we how do we how do we resolve this um and i think in that it, it, it's really helped to have a, a great co-founder in the journey to just have someone else that's like feeling it as much as you are um, that you can be very completely honest with on on how you're feeling and being able to have that outlet versus, you know, having the outlet be, you know, how you react to mm. to the situation. I think same goes for, you know, being a mom, you know, very lucky that, you know, my husband and I, you know, have this relationship where we know that we need to like modulate and balance each other out, like if, this time more than ever. Because, you know, no doubt, like every day there are things that happen, you know, with our son and, and he and I are super stressed and we're trying to work. And, you know, there's moments where, you know, I'll definitely get more stressed out about a situation or an outburst that he has. And, you know, my husband's, you know, taking it more in strength. So he'll he'll know that he needs to calm me down versus, you know, many other times I'm I'm, I'm telling him, like, look, it's, it's OK. I'd also like to talk a little bit about courage because it's another quality I'm attempting to boost in my life. You were on the season premiere of Shark Tank's season 11. 
And oh my God, yeah. And I mean, come on, we have to talk about this. My my in laws yeah, will be so yeah. disappointed that I've waited until like minute twenty seven of our conversation for this. Uh, you made a deal with Kevin O'Leary. Most of us know him as Mister Wonderful, and. I want to know, like, what was it like during commercial breaks? What snacks did they have in the green room? And, you know, more seriously, like, how did you psychologically prepare yourself for the nerves so that you were able to think clearly and get your message across? Yeah, I mean, I was, I was so terrified. I was so terrified even going into this process, even like the fact of applying, because I was like, oh, my God, if we're successful, we're going to then be out there filming and this is going to be like the most terrifying thing I've ever done. Um, And, you know, I wasn't throughout the whole process. Well, I was not sure that I was ready for that, but then, you know, I think also I knew that look like we, that's how we grow, right. When we really challenge ourselves and stretch ourselves, stretch ourselves. And, you know, I just kept viewing it like once I can do shark tank, like I can do anything. Right. (laughs) And this is coming Right after that, it's like it's all it's all downhill. There's going to be rarely sort of more nerve wracking things in life um, than something like that. And so that's kind of like the bright spot that I focused on. And it was a lot for me, I think, given that, you know, you know, actually probably until my mid to late 20s, I was actually pretty terrified of public speaking. Like I was not comfortable with it at all. That surprises me because I saw your clip on QVC and like, I know. you nail it. <laughs> I know. And so that is the crazy thing. Cause now, you know, I'm, I, I'm definitely out there a lot and definitely my first startup got me, you know, trained up to do that. And, you know, I, for me, it's just been like, the more you do it, the more comfortable you get, but it's, it's hard. Cause I still remember my old self, right. And how nervous I would get. And I do, I have this fear that like one day it's just going to like, I'm going to be out there and it's just going to snap. I'm going to revert to that. I'm not going to be able to shake it. Right. Cause sometimes you get in that moment and it's like, you can't shake it. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely had more fears about Shark Tank probably than the, uh, than um, someone who, who did not struggle with that, you know, earlier in, in their career. But again, I just viewed it like you got to keep growing. You got to keep stretching. You got to keep challenging yourself. And, you know, this would be the ultimate challenge and, all I can do is control what I can control, which is prepping as much as I, I can. And so, you know, that's what we did. And we spent we spent so much time preparing. And I, I do believe that, like, you know, that that that, you know, it's it's the well prepared that get get lucky. Cause even it, it was it was our whole team, it was all hands on deck, probably for the ten days leading into Shark Tank. Um, all I was doing was prepping for Shark Tank. Um, and, you know, every day the whole team had multiple like grill sessions where, um, you know, the team was just coming at us with like tough, annoying questions and we were just being put on the spot. Like just, you know, every which way. Did your team ever role play? Like, did they pretend to be the different people? Yeah. That's amazing. They did. did. And they were super harsh. (laughs) And then they called out everything. They called out every little, which is right because it's, you know, you, when you film, um, you actually film straight through. So they don't stop. I, you know, we were in the tank for over an hour. Cameras never stopped. And we were just barred. So even what they show on TV is a lot slower than how it rolls. Like they're inter- the sharks are interrupting each other a lot with questions. So like you'll start answering one question. You'll be excited to answer the question because like you're, you know the answer and then and ask you something else. They will, uh, you know, in our experience, like they twisted our words a lot. Like, 
you'd answer, it'd be a very clear answer, but they'd be like, oh, but you're saying this. And you're like, no, 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 I'm not saying that at all. And then you would just get like flustered. Um, it's just, it's just like an experience unlike any other, because you know, at this point I, I, I have had the opportunity to do a good amount of public speaking, but you know, never are you, even with investors, never are you in a room where people are just out to get you, right. And potentially make for a good TV and you don't know how they're going to cut it. Right. Um, you don't know how you're, they're uh, going to edit it. And then even just no. having the cameras on you, it's scary oh enough. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. And for me, it's funny because we were doing, when they were doing hair and makeup on me, I don't typically wear false eyelashes. They were like, oh, do you want false? You want some false eyelashes? It can, like, you know, open up your eyes. And I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds great, right? And I was like, who doesn't want to look good on TV? And so I went with it, except then when I was on for the full, probably for 50 minutes of it, I was sure that one of my eyelashes was falling off in terms of it was like a strip <laughs> lash I could I thought like half of it was flapping you know when that happens yes. and I was like oh my god I'm like they're gonna be zooming into me and I'm gonna be the idiot with like half a lot I was just like and so I like had that thought running through my mind the entire time so every time the chemist was answering a question I was like oh the cameras must be on him I would like try to like put my finger there to like stick the lash back on. <laughs> it's just like the things that you cannot imagine. And then, you know, first thing when we got off, like I was just like, I checked and it was fine. It actually wasn't, thank, thank goodness, it wasn't flopping. It just felt like it was. But I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be that idiot standing up there like smiling with her eyelashes falling off. Yeah, they've got a new <laughs> trailer for the, the show. Planet. Yeah, oh my oh gosh, God. so things like that. And yeah, I had a, I had a friend that went on as well. And she like licked her, she's so articulate. She's just so, I mean, one of the best public speakers I know, but she licked her lips like once and they just kept replaying it in her, <sighs> in her. And when they aired it and it just looked like a weird nervous. So you just don't know, right? It's just so unfair. It's so, unfair. <laughs> so yeah, I was definitely nervous. Um, have you, have you attempted <laughs> fake eyelashes since Shark Tank? I, it's funny. I have not. <laughs> since then, I'm like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> well, you know, you, um, you know, doing my research, uh, for this episode, you set the bar so stratospherically high in all aspects of your life. And I just keep thinking like something has to give somewhere. And so, I mean, clearly maybe it's. <laughs> You're not uh, doing enough fake, you know, Instagram style beauty. But I'm wondering what other areas, do you have any other areas you're, you feel comfortable sharing with us that where you kind of, that you're okay falling short in? Like for me, it used to be cooking. And I'm sure our listeners over the past several months have been like, well, I wonder how Ellie's doing these days with everyone at home <laughs> with all of these meals. So I'm really reassessing that. Um what about you? Is there anything that you feel okay falling short in that you give yourself some grace? Yeah, no, I think, I think there's, a, and I don't know, maybe it's, it's part of just like when you become a mom, you also realize you have to pick your battles and, you know, at some point you just, you really do settle in with that. Like, you can't do it all. And so I think for me, definitely. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I grew up type A. I felt like, you know, I've always been type A. I feel like there's definitely this pressure to like do it all. And I think I finally, especially my thirties, just, you know, just said like, look, there's just a subset of things that I also just either don't have interest in and it's okay. Right. Like mm -hmm. cooking. So I'm, I am not a good cook and where am I interested? And I, I feel like that's a controversial thing to say. I, I am feel not like either. You're, I'm, sub 
Okay. <laughs> I feel like we're supposed to be yeah. interested in cooking and baking and, uh, and I'm just, I'm just not like, I'm, I just, I it's, think it's all, I personally think it's a lot of work and my cooking's not that good for like very little reward. <laughs> no reward, especially with young children. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. And I'd much rather spend my time, that time for me with, with my child. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, in our home, like, you know, my husband does pretty much all of the cooking and, you know, at first that made me uncomfortable. Um, but, you know, I'm, I am completely good with that. And I think that is totally okay. And I think there's, you know, a lot of areas where I've just given myself the permission to like, you know, it's, it's okay. I think working out is another one that's, that's, that, you know, I was, that was very important to me prior to having my son. And I would work out, you know, between like four to seven times a week. Um, and, you know, I've definitely felt a lot of guilt about, you know, between startups and after having him, you know, that's kind of had to stop. But now, now I'm picking that back up. But even that during that period, like where I was like, it's okay. Like it's, it's okay to, you know, even though it's like good for my health, it's, it's okay. Right. At some point, you know, like you can't do it all. And for me, I'm going to choose sleep over mm-hmm. um, working out. Cause, you know, many of us aren't getting enough sleep either. And so I think it's just giving ourselves the permission of like, even though we know it's, even the things like working out, that's really good for you. There's just like periods that it's, it's, it's okay, right? If, if you can't and mm-hmm. you have to choose your battles. And, you know, at the moment right now, it's, it's things like reading. I feel like I get the question a lot on like, you know, these interviews, like, what are you reading? And I'm like, <laughs> I would love, I would love to be reading, <laughs> but I'm just not at the moment. There's definitely this pressure, like, but you're leading a company and you're a CEO and you should be, you know, growing and, you know, and it's just, you know, I just, you know, I'm, I, I also want to be a present mom and I also have a lot of work to do. And so it is, it, it's okay at the moment, right. To, to take that pressure off. Definitely. I've, I find myself very triggered by, you know, just the friendly text message of like, what have, yeah, what have you been reading or what are you up to? Yeah. <laughs> I just want to be like, I am drowning in my two children yeah. and figuring out the yeah. instant pot and... <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, It all feels like a lot. Now, I did see that your apartment has, you know, it's been featured in Apartment Therapy and Domino Magazine, and it's beautiful. And now that we're all home all the time, you know, trying to do the cooking and crafting and cleaning, um, it is definitely my biggest challenge right now is trying to keep my home just uh, semi you know, just it's not it's yeah. going from it's like going from Downton Abbey to Grey Gardens. Like I really <laughs> like I had it. It was so beautiful. And now. Yeah. Yeah. And so my question is, because I know those photos were probably taken of your uh, apartment before the pandemic. And- totally. Totally. And before children, actually, just oh. we were supposed to do a whole new photo shoot, actually. But it got canceled because the pandemic. So the last, you know, nice photos we had of my place were pre-child. So that's a big, you know, because people are like, "Where are your children?" Stuff. I'm like, "This is we. We didn't even expect to have kids when we had initially designed our apartment." Okay, well, that's like the biggest takeaway of this whole episode for expecting moms. Yeah. When the restrictions are lifted, maybe get a, do a photo shoot of your home before your children come into the picture. Yes, 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 yes. Because yes, uh, yes. it'll never be the same again. But what yeah. do you um, do? You have you adjusted your cleaning regimen? And since you guys are all home all the time, and like, do you have any tips for me about 
Do you do you tackle certain rooms on certain days, or is it at night when your son's asleep, or do you, what? How does this working out at your home? Because I imagine there's a lot of pressure, considering you're the founder of a cleaning company. Totally, totally, totally. And I feel like I'm always like doing these Instagram takeovers, like of like, show us your home, <laughs> your cabinets, oh and I'm like, oh my God, you have no idea. Um, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we've definitely just like lowered the bar overall. Like we're like, you know, this, this is a unique time. We have to give ourselves right a little flack during this period of time. And so, I mean, we do, we do, we do tidy every evening just cause you know, it just gets so crazy. Um, it is, it is funny how like every, every night you clean, everything's like somewhat organized again. And the next day it's like the tornado um, rips through the apartment again, but we do find that it's helpful you know, at least to tidy our, our living space every night. And I think the weekends are when, you know, at least I used to just tackle like different areas in terms of just like setting up the areas for success and for organization. So just typically just like, you know, making sure that, you know, we're, we're really putting away or getting rid of things that, that we really don't need um, and just continuing to create new homes or places for for things and like where they they should be they should be going because I think that then helps just that makes the tidying a lot easier that happens during the week and it's been a good time I think it's been this is because we're spending more time at home I think I definitely felt more incentivized to organize places you know like like deep into the cabinets or like the fridge or like under the sink and find that you know like investing that time to you really like set it up you know set it up right you know, put the proper like bins and shelving in place, um, you know, getting rid of things that, that you're really not using um, just helps it a lot easier to keep it clean going forward. And I think, you know, even in our closets and in those closets given, like we also know that we're not going outside anytime soon. Right. Or, you know, there's definitely a lot of like things that we're not going to be needing, um, you know, just, just putting those things also away or taking those away has been helpful. Mm-hmm. My big project for the weekend will be organizing all my kids' art projects from school. Oh, yes. In a similar vein, I just got an email from when my six-year-old did her school pictures. You know, (laughs) sometimes I'm a little disorganized and I'm about five months late on ordering them. And so they sent a little reminder and (laughs) apparently there's a discount now, so I'll take it. But I... But it was like, I was like, this will make me happy downloading these photos of my kindergartner's cute class picture. And then I was like, oh, all these little bodies next to each other smiling at the camera. I like, know. it was like, oh, my God, is it, when know. will there be another class picture? Like, I what know. grade will they be in when they can stand shoulder <sighs> to shoulder? And I was like, oh. Shoulder to shoulder, I know. So it's, uh, yeah, I'm going to take my time because I make jokes about gray gardens and everything else. And it's true. But I also need to be gentle with myself that like sometimes cleaning up this clutter, it can bring on, there's like emotional residue with some of this stuff because you remember the way things were. Um, And so you start clearing things out and you realize like, oh, no, we don't need, you know, her soccer equipment or whatever. And then it's like, oh, I I have to deal with that. So I'm just going to take it slowly. And maybe that's why I've let the piles mount up. I will start this weekend, though, clearing it out mindfully. And and this conversation has really helped me with that. Um, I'm going to share a lot on our website, atomicmoms.com, where our listeners can find other articles about 
how you've built this company. And man, it's just so inspiring how setback after setback, because you're the first person to create a cleaning supplies company where it's a tablet and no water. Like this is the first time it's ever happened. And I like that's insane. Like a true inventor. Like that's crazy. Oh my God. I know. I know. It's crazy. But I mean, the takeaway is that if I can do that, like anyone can do anything, like truly, because I mean, the whole way through, I was scared and I was doubtful and I was wondering, like, how the heck is this all going to come together? And so that is a completely normal emotion and not knowing how to get from A to B is also completely normal, but it's just also, you know, like a lot of things in life, like even becoming a new mom, you just, you just jump in and you, you figure it out. You figure it out right along the way. And there are going to be roadblocks and you're going to have to pivot and take another direction, but there is a way through. And oh, thank you so much for taking this time right now. I know how precious these nap time minutes are. Uh, Where (laughs) can our listeners find you? Yeah, so um, our listeners can find our products at www.blueland.com. Follow us at Blueland on Instagram. And you can also follow me at Spiji, S-P-A-I-J-I. Thank you so much, Sarah. No, thank you, Ali. This was great. All right, everybody. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. Also, reach out to us on social media at Atomic Moms. And if you want to know what's been happening with our family during the pandemic, you can, that sounded way too chipper. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Anyway, if you want to find out how we're handling all of this, you can check out our newsletter, go to atomicmoms.com to sign up for it. I also share helpful links there. Until next time, trust in your goodness, live out your greatness, rock on, Atomic Moms. Mm-hmm.